joining me. I'm Paul Wilson, and this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Today, we're going to be pulling an episode out of our back catalog that's going to fit in perfectly to this whole fuel topic we've been discussing lately. Uh, previously, last year, we were able to talk with Randy Harkema from Exergy Performance about the new fuel additive line that Exergy released. Uh, basically, I had one simple question. Is this snake oil or is this science? Stick around and find out. Randy Harkema, how the hell are you? <laughs> You're not too bad. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. It's cold. It's cold <laughs> here. What's the temperature? What's it like by you, Randy? Uh, it was uh, just a little bit above 10. I think uh, about 12 degrees this morning as I uh, came to work. All right. Well, yeah, we're not where Randy is, right, where Exergy is and where we're at. We're not very far away, so I'm sure we have some of the same type of weather, but that's what it was like here. Yeah, so yeah, that it's Midwest. It's struggle bus, man. It's, it's <laughs> tough right now. <laughs> that Midwest winter, and, and that's really what inspired us to have you on today, Randy, is that Midwest weather and dealing with cold weather and all of the things that that brings up with our with our diesels that like chris and i drive guys we know we've been alluding to it for a while we've done some testing with the exergy fuel additive but when this came up we sat down we said like hey chris how much do you know about fuel additive nothing and and i we all know i don't know shit so true (laughs) so we thought we would have the smartest guy we know come on and talk a little bit about fuel additive um I think on the show I may have been previously quoted as saying it's mostly snake oil. Um, Many times. I, I think, I think Randy, you might fall on the side that, that you really believe in the science behind fuel additive, or at least high-quality fuel additive. Yeah, correct. Uh, not a question about that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well let's, let's dive right in at the top. Um, Randy, tell us how you got your start in diesel performance. So back on the farm... We had an underground storage tank, and uh, it had a hand crank on it. And in order to fill all the equipment, uh, the way my uncles, my grandpa, and everybody uh, ran things, they'd park tractors uh, around that pump, and it was the little kids, so mine as I was growing up, job then to fill them up, crank uh, all that fuel up out of the tank into the tractors. And uh, that took hours especially if they backed the combine up. Anyway, so one day, uh, my actually great-grandpa pulls up in a pickup and told me to fill it up. And I said, you, you're, you know, you sure about this? I kind of thought the guy had lost his mind a little bit. Um, it was a 5.7. It was uh, 1979. And that was, I think, well, about the first time that uh, a diesel engine had put in a full-size pickup. So... From there, I thought, well, that's odd, and I uh, kind of followed along. Of course, that engine had a torrid history, but uh, when it ran, I believe they were getting like mid-20s for mileage at the time, which was you know, absolutely phenomenal for a full-size, full-size pickup. Anyway, that was the beginning of the story. <laughs> Obviously, you have some experience with developing some, some fuel additive, but I want to just kind of talk in general um, what testing can you do on on fuel additive besides throwing it in my tank and saying, okay, drive the same as you did last week? All right. There are several different tests uh, that, that can be done, and uh, it all kind of depends on how many features you're trying to work into your additive. Uh, as we went into developing this one, 
our main goal was trying to come up with an additive that was going to make the fuel system last longer. Uh, to do that, it was going to need to address uh, quite a few different things. And the one that we concentrated on the most uh, was diversity. Okay. And I would, I would say uh, of anyone that we could have on the show, Randy has a leg to stand on being owner of Exergy Performance, right? So they, they have injectors, modified injectors. We've been using them for years. So you want a product that's going to help make those injectors live and last longer. Yeah. Right? So um, now when you guys started actually getting into this into this testing, um, you guys have all the test benches. You guys get injectors that guys have ran in trucks from, you know, for a few years, miles, so on and so forth. So what, what, what does that look like, right? When you're in the lab and you're, you're putting this formula together, how do you go into a, a controlled testing environment? What, what does that look like? We get that question uh, fairly often, maybe from a different perspective, and that is people ask, how many miles will my fuel system last now that it has an additive? Right. And to actually answer that question, uh, we'd have to run essentially a clone of that truck in that exact same uh, application, in other words, whatever it was doing, whether that's uh, daily driving, towing, what have you, uh, fuel at the same stations, uh, and we'd have to have six of those. We'd have to do three with additive, three without, and basically run all of them to the end of their life uh, to, to start to be able to estimate, okay, your fuel system will last X number of miles longer. Wait a minute. Can I just, just recap that? Can I just recap that test? All you need yeah. is just All you need. just six identical trucks, and then to randomly select three of them and not let the drivers know, and always use additive on every single fill up for the entire life of the truck. So I don't know, two hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand miles, um, and then and then two trucks just have to go do the exact same job every single day. So every single mile two of them go at a time. So it just sounds like we need three sets of best friends. I don't get it. What's the problem? I'm just joking, of course. That, 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 that is yeah. what, what randomized testing looks like. Like if people want that real-world application, like you said, it's, it's just not practical. There's no way that, we're go- that anybody would be able to put that together. What can you do Correct. to kind of help you know that, hey, like this is an additive that is going to help with longevity, even if it's not that perfect you know, here's how many more miles additive will help with. Like, how do you know your your additive is going to help with longevity at all? Correct. So to try to measure lubricity, there's been tests, standardized tests that have been developed. Um, the idea is then uh, anyone can uh, have somewhat of an apples-to-apples comparison uh, between additives and, uh, you know, from today to five years from now and, and have something that they compare can compare against. So it's a controlled test. It's done in a lab. Uh, you ideally need to run, if you're going to do a comparison, you need to start with the same base stock for that whole comparison. And then the apples to apples is only valid for that uh, run, that uh, amount of, of fuel that you bought for that base stock. Uh, change the base stock um, the whole relative comparison is going to change again. So it's, it's not easy, but that's about as close as we can get at the moment. Okay. So there, there's definitely no secret that the, the quality of fuel over the years has definitely dropped, okay, with the, uh, with the additives and things that, you know, the, the, the oil companies do add into the fuel. 
what what would you say to someone that you know questions? Well, I can just run uh, ATF or two-stroke oil to add lubricity to the existing fuel compared to additive that you would buy off the shelf. All right, uh, we've we've tested uh, both of those actually, uh, and in regard to lubricity, because uh, yeah, they're both oil-based. So the idea there is that by adding them, you're you're going to add some lubricity. Uh, it turns out that uh, two-stroke, um, and, and the rough ratio that we uh, chose was about a quart to an average tank. That uh, came out to be about um, one to 200 parts, I believe. And um, what we found is that uh, two-stroke, yeah, you got a little bit of an in, uh, increase in the brisky, not much. ATF actually did an, uh, a respectable job, I'll say, of... Uh, in that uh, it made a significant uh, improvement in the lubricity of the fuel. However, uh, a quality additive uh, was significantly less, or had significantly better, I'll say, uh, scores than that. So long story short, you, you could put those in, and uh, especially with ATF, you, you probably will make an improvement in lubricity, but then that's all you're doing. You're not treating the other aspects of uh, some of the deficiencies that are in diesel fuel that's ready for sale. Okay. I love I love the first guy who put transmission fluid in his in his tank. Probably was an LV7 owner, had white smoke out the tailpipe. I mean, it was you. It was it was a, a 98 and a half Cummins, 100% with an S300 that's like I want to get 30 miles a I've never ever done that, but it's it's definitely the LV7 guy. It's definitely the LV7 guy. What what I, I just I always love the first guy to try it. Like the two stroke oil, I almost get it. I almost get it yep. because if you're pre emissions and you're like, well, I don't I don't give a shit. Yep. Like run it. Uh, <laughs> well, the, I could let, see the logic to get you there. Let, but let, the transmission fluid did it start as a mistake? But here's the thing though the these guys that are adding those lubri- lubricants, okay, like yeah, not this is a different clientele, different person than someone that believes in additives. But these are guys adding these into the fuel system after the injectors already have 150, 200 rounds. Yes. They're trying to Band-Aid or okay. get the injector to last a little longer. I dig it. Um, where additive isn't, isn't going to Band-Aid that, right? It's just it's not. But the idea from what I'm gathering so far is is it's, it's, a, it's a cheap insurance to add to the fuel to help with lubricity, help with uh, boosting cetane ratings, and just help overall with the impurities of what fuel you have access to today all right well we're gonna dig in because i right. i i know all the words you used chris but i don't yeah. know if i have a great handle on what all those things actually are in yeah, the real no, you're world right, you're right. uh first thing i wanted to hit you on though randy lubricity okay we're, we're talking about lubricity i understand high quality additive is it sounds like it's well going to outpace any atf or or two-stroke oil that guys are going to diy into their tank i love that correct why do I care about lubricity? Yep. Is lubricity just mean that that my injectors are going to have less wear and tear on them because I'm running additive? Basically, yes. Uh, the idea is that uh, with increased lubricity, it's just like having uh, essentially a better oil in your engine. Uh, the diesel fuel system components need lubricity to stay alive. Uh, as we were talking about earlier, over the years, the amount of lubricity in the fuel has decreased. Uh, so we need to ideally put that uh, back in somehow. And in addition to that, uh, the latest uh, common rail fuel systems are even higher pressure uh, than 
obviously the mechanical ones and even you know the earlier common rails uh, they, they keep going up in pressure uh, well to, to generate that pressure to hold that pressure to be able to switch that pressure on and off for an injection event all uh, takes higher contact uh, uh, stress slash forces uh, on the internal components so lubricity gets uh, even more important it becomes a higher um, uh, sensitivity uh, the, the components are high, more highly sensitive to reduce lubricity than they were before okay okay i get that i think i understand that yeah you with That's it chris a, i'm about so, it yeah i'm yeah. right there all right so yeah so more lubricity less wear on those uh parts um even the uh, you know parts that are just doing the switching uh, like uh, the valves and the valve seats um we see on the uh, good use injector mods that we do for example um we'll see injectors with 120,000 miles on them they look really good yet and um well yeah, typically we can't work with a set that high because uh, typically it's just too far gone it's not worth putting the money into every now and then one will come along where a guy really wants to give us uh, wants us to give it a try so we do the baseline testing sure enough uh, they test really good and um we'll call them back and say hey you know you, you won the lottery today <laughs> and uh <laughs> And he'll say, yeah, yeah, you know, I've been using such and such since I bought the truck. And I'm, oh, okay, all right. That's, we can see that. It makes sense. The, the you know, deposits are down, the wear and tear is down. It seemed to go together. You know, I kind of like that approach of saying, like, hey, we've been around injectors, injector repairs, injector rebuilds for the history of the company. Um, and, and there seems to be this continuing theme of like, hey, guys who are using high-quality additive are having better results yeah. when we're going to baseline these. And then you said, okay, well, let's take a scientific approach to figuring out what's a really great additive. Now, Chris, we deal with a lot of testing over here at Duramax Tuner. Right. Um, L5P Turbo, I know, I know we've been telling people we've been testing for two years. Honestly, we've been making media for two years, which means testing has probably legit been three, maybe three and a half years that we've been working on that turbocharger. Yeah. Um, it's been through an unnumbered amount of revisions to get it into a final right. production stage right so so we chris and i have this like behind the scenes kind of understanding of what this looks like in your experience how many different compounds do you guys go through and test because with a turbo it's more about like well we have the idea let's shave this part this yep. way or or manipulate this that way but with chemicals i don't know i just imagine like like the Mad Hatter mixing potions, yeah, right? Yeah. right? It's like, it's like oh, they give it a pinch more salt, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, a little bit of history. So we started actually about five years ago, and that, that was kind of born out of uh, people calling and asking, okay, what do you recommend? And, wow, we really haven't looked into this to give a, an honest, um, yet we know this to be the best uh, type of uh, uh, an uh, answer, our recommendation. Uh, and so we started looking into it and tried to find companies that had um, published results. Um, had, had, and if they weren't published, okay, we'd call them and say, hey, you know, can you give us the data and whatnot? And they'd say, no, no we, not available. Um, or ha really haven't done it. Um, so it, it kind of bumped along for a while in that uh, we weren't having success finding someone to really recommend um and we we were thinking too okay given the number of inquiries we were getting if we did find someone that uh, kind of checked all the boxes we'd rebrand what they had but um after about two years of that 
uh, we kind of gave up and said, okay, we're going to do our own. So it started about three years ago in earnest. Um, we're mechanical engineers here. Uh, we do work with fuel systems every day, uh, but we're not chemists. Uh, of course, we've, we've had enough chemistry to be able to communicate with chemists, but that's not our mainstay. <laughs> so so we, we did uh, partner up with uh, a chemist um, and also a tribologist. That's somebody that uh, studies the effects of uh, lubrication and friction and, and the relative wear of surfaces. And uh, started with uh, components, I'll say chemical components, that were available uh, to use. And as we... Uh, ran off different tests and tried to compare ourselves against other additives, uh, we, we couldn't get it to where, okay, we had something that addressed all these areas and still had the best diversity uh, available. And what we wound up having to do after quite a few iterations, because, okay, you, you try one, that didn't quite work. Well, maybe if we change up the, the mixture rate, we put more of uh, the component that added the diversity in it, maybe we'll get there with that. And that wouldn't work. And and okay, maybe we, we did hit our uh, excuse me <clears throat> target, but the uh, cost got too high, so then we have to back back up again. Now, anyway, through all of this, we wound up having to um, find chemicals to work with that uh, weren't available on the uh, or for blending, uh, at least when we started. Uh, we kind of came; there were new releases as the uh, process went along. So, long story short. Um, what we came up with in the end is unique to uh, the Exergy additive. It, it's not a rebrand. Uh, contains uh, something that wasn't available uh, three years ago. So it's it's you know, a modern, updated um, product. It's uh, not a rehash of what's been out there before. Is it Tiger uh, Blood? One of the why you have to tell us if it's Tiger's Blood. No, no Charlie Sheen. No, no Charlie Sheen fans. No. So, how many how many versions would you say before before you were able to put you know uh, a ship it send it formula together? How many formulas do you think you guys went through? I, you know what, I I didn't keep track after. Okay, <laughs> we, we thought it was going to be really easy to be honest, and uh, after like the first eight months, that uh, oh, okay, this, this isn't going to be easy, but we uh, kind of kept at it and. Uh, you get to a point where okay, it's it's just kind of uh, frustrating, and you try not to think about where how many you've tried. So honestly, I lost track. I don't know. So you have to go back and and add it up. Okay. So now you know we've we've kind of gone through the back end of the project. You know who you had a group in for something like this. Um, experts in certain fields. We again know your uh, your expertise in your field. What does this additive do? We've talked about the lubricity. With today's standards in fuel, you know, fuel seems to be a little bit more watered down. Uh, we run, you know, different types of lift pumps to help keep water out of the system. Does additive help with water separation or corrosion protection in, 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 in the fuel itself? Yeah, uh, not all additives do, but uh, yes, ours does. There's a, there's a couple other ones on the market that uh, address it as well. Um, but uh, yes, uh, this additive uh, has a component in it that uh, helps... Uh, facilitate the separation of water. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. How how much water is in fuel? Because because I've I've seen water sit on top of fuel that it separates from each other. So how much water is in your diesel fuel? I mean, it depends on where you go and the quality of that station. I would assume. 
Randy, do, it, the, do the it, rates vary widely? Is is it a pretty narrow window of what's what's allotted in the U.S.? To be honest, I'd have to go back and look at some studies to be able to answer that question completely. Um, I can say that it's uh, more prevalent now than it has been in the past um, due to a couple different factors, uh, one being the uh, ultra-low uh, sulfur uh, standard. I know it's been around for a decade, but in order to achieve that, there's a, there's a water treatment of the uh, fuel to strip that sulfur out, and it's quite possible uh, that some of it can get left in uh, the, the fuel. Uh, also, to the distribution network, uh, pipelines, trucks, things like that, uh, they carry more than just diesel fuel. Uh, they, they carry lots of other components. Um, they sometimes have a high water content. That gets left behind. Uh, the blending of biodiesel into the uh, standard uh, diesel that's ready for sale, uh, biodiesel, has a little bit more propensity than diesel itself to absorb water. Uh, so all of it leads to a, a higher water risk than uh, in the past. Uh, the exact percent that you'd find uh, typically in a uh, ready-to-sell diesel fuel, I, I don't have that number off the top of my head. Sure. So, so, so Tesla gets self-driving cars and diesel trucks get more water in the fuel. Oh, awesome. Thanks. So with the additive, right? So I, I personally try to, I have a couple local stations to me where they actually sell straight number two. They don't actually sell biodiesel. I no drive, bio blend? No bio blend. I drive out of my way to this, Bro, to that's this station. Rare. Um, the <laughs> yeah. additive is going to be more productive than what it would be if I was getting pump diesel from a bio station or a, a bio tank, correct? More productive. Uh, it, 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 uh, that might have been the, the, the wrong term, um, but it's it, the effect of the additive is going to be based off of the quality of fuel to start with. If I'm working with a better correct. quality of fuel, the additive is going to be that much better for the vehicle. Interesting. I like that. It, it'll get the uh, fuel to an overall higher level uh, or higher quality, yes. Okay. Yep, yeah, yeah, no question about that. And, okay. and you're right. Uh, you kind of stepped on a, uh, another topic, and that is um, the effect of any uh, additive is uh, a bit dependent on the base crude that the fuel was uh, made from. Um, so... Uh, to be honest, it, the, the better the crude that it, it was made from, the less gain you'll get from the additive. Uh, in other words, there just isn't that much space left. Um, the fuel that's uh, made very poor, well, I shouldn't say very poorly, uh, with less quality, so it comes from a lower grade of crude, um, will have uh, a bigger increase in, in all of these areas uh, once you add an additive to it. I get that. Okay. Okay, so there's a ceiling. Okay, it, it's it's not a magic cure all, right? Fuel additive, yeah. um, it, it will it will optimize what you have. So so if you start off with better grade fuel, sure sure you're going to get to that that ceiling quicker, right? Yeah. So so it won't be as dramatic of a difference from before and after. But if you start off and you're running you're running crap fuel, like I probably am, um, th then yeah, th then then cheap's you, never to good. Get Paul. to that. <laughs> Yep. Never mind. We're going to pass on Correct. that joke, Chris. Yeah, okay. Um, 
So so yeah, so I I got you. Okay, so so the difference of where you started, where where your baseline is, and where the ceiling is is just a bigger game. Yeah. I like that. Okay, that makes sense to so me. So I, I gotta as we're talking about all this, everything that we've been discussing is based off of longevity, longevity, lubricity. What what am I expecting here? Can we see gains in power? Like, is there anything that we can actually see improve power wise? You know, Chris, you hit on this earlier. You said cetane, and and I I'm gonna be honest listeners i've thrown cetane around as though i know what it is yeah but it, it's just magic juice that they put in into stuff i you think I, so i have no idea what cetane well is. let's have randy have fact no check you on this clue. how about that randy randy can you break it down for us okay sure so cetane is actually the measure uh, i could get into the test of how it's measured but it's it's a measure of how well the fuel spontaneously combust okay uh, the, the higher the cetane the easier the fuel spontaneously combusts and by spontaneous, I guess what I'm saying there is, uh, in the case of a diesel, when the uh, temperatures inside the combustion chamber rise because of the compression, uh, a higher cetane will light off quicker than the lower cetane. So kind of like octane and gasoline, essentially. Same effect. Oh, pardon, I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Like, uh, it'd be like comparing like different uh, fuel octanes, like in, in gasoline. You know, 89 uh, versus 91, some degree. At least that's how it's registering in my head. Okay, you're you're on the right track, but you got to flip it around. Okay. In that um, uh, octane, the higher the octane, actually the less uh, likely it is to spontaneously combust. Okay. okay. Stability. Stability. Right? Okay. Yeah. okay. 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 Combustion Makes stability. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. In a gas in gasoline uh, engine, you want the combustion event to begin with your spark plug and not with uh, spontaneous combustion so as compression ratios go up as boost levels go up you need higher octane to keep that from happening okay 10-4 i'm yep. on the same page god you sound foolish chris <laughs> it was a good question <laughs> it was it was legit a good question you didn't know i had no idea <laughs> yeah yeah cool. okay <laughs> So in a controlled in a controlled test, you know, where I'm, I'm going to imagine here that additive is going to help aid higher cetane levels, that will equivalent into potentially more power. Potentially, yes. Uh, that being said, uh, do you usually see a power gain with it? I I can't say that uh, we've done a test. On a dyno where you could see, I mean, in theory, yes, but I think the the amount is so small that you probably aren't going to be able to measure it. Is okay. what I'm trying to say. Um, will it help cold starts? Yes. Will it help the engine run smoother? Uh, you know, when it's cold, yes. Um, will it help the fuel burn more completely? Yes. Um, to say, yeah, you're going to get a measurable, uh, whether that's on a dyno or with the with the other dyno that everyone's equipped with. Uh, I don't think you're going to see it, no. Okay, Okay. That that's interesting to me because you're describing a more efficient fuel burn um, by by increasing your cetane rating. Uh, but but yeah, okay, I get it. It's not you're not actually increasing fuel quantity or air quantity, right. so you're probably not going to come out in more horsepower. You're gaining overall it's efficiency of the fuel burning in the cylinder. Like that. So what does it do for like emissions then? I mean, let let's talk about like a DPF yeah, well, equipped truck. Well, that, that's a good question, Chris, because your and we'll get a little bit more into our personal results. But but your your Volkswagen no emissions EGR, right. but like right. no DPF. And my uh, my BMW DPF EGR DAF the works. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think we, we well both. Too. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll give you guys a little taste yeah. of this. Both had really good luck with cold starts. Yeah. In fact, such good luck that I was thinking, if I triple my fuel additive dose, I probably won't even need glow plugs. Wow. Okay. Uh, right, Randy. <laughs> you sound like yeah, a fool. Well, Paul. <laughs> perhaps every every engine is going to be a little different, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it should improve the the mm, ease of cold start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and listeners, I'm just joking. Please don't put in triple the amount of additive because you need glow plugs. They heard just, you say it, Paul. Just please don't do that. I was just joking. <laughs> um, okay, no, no, but I like that. I get that. Um, Randy, let's be real, though. When when I when, when guys are calling, talking to me about fuel additive, it's because they want to talk about MPGs. Can yeah. we just, can, can we can we shoot this, this big old pink elephant in the room? 30 miles per gallon. <laughs> Minimum. Yeah, no, not quite. Uh, yeah, when it comes to uh, mileage, uh, to be completely, again, honest and transparent, as we went through this, that wasn't something we were focused on. Um, and as we got to the end, and we uh, towards the end, I should say, and we started doing uh, in-vehicle testing, it's like, okay, I hope hope we get uh, something. hope we don't go backwards or anything like that. Uh, we shouldn't, you know, in theory. Um, uh, what we've... What we've got in the, I'll say, limited testing that we've done, I mean, we've done a handful. Um, Some of them have been uh, for pretty long periods, like uh, 62,000, sorry, 6,200 rather, and um, 6,500 miles, you know, with and without. That's probably the longest one we've done so far, and we've got more in process. And there's there's, uh, several smaller ones that we've done as well. But the, uh, and these are so far have all been with emission equipped trucks. Um, uh, we, we've got some without now in process, don't have that data back yet. But um, for the emission equipped trucks, uh, so they're running traps. Um, we, we've seen over 10%. I mean, some as high as 11.5. And uh, so ind- indications are good that uh, the uh, mileage improvement is, is real. Uh, yeah, wouldn't uh, you know, put a name to a number yet, but uh, preliminary indications are that it's uh, maybe in the neighborhood of ten percent. Well, I mean that's that's significant. That's what I'm seeing. That's yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, so I was joking about how like I've never measured fuel mileage. Yeah. I think since I started working here, uh, I've always lived so close to the shop uh, that it just it didn't make sense to care. Uh, but now I actually I pay a little bit of attention. I'm like a 30-minute ride back and forth, yeah. and it's all like two lanes. There's only probably a half-mile stretch that, that the speed limit's even 55, so I usually don't do more than 70, 75 miles an hour on the way to work. <laughs> um, I, I'm just – everybody who knows me knows I actually drive like a grandma. I probably yeah. max out at like 45. Um, but, but anyways, uh, what I have noticed is I was sitting around like 18.5 to 19 – 19.6 are, are kind of my averages of, yeah. of where I was sitting on, on all stock, done nothing to it. Um, and then, yeah, with the additive, um, I was up to like 19.6 to like 20.22, or I'm sorry, 20.2-ish. Yeah. Um, it's kind of right where I was sitting, so I'd say that that's right in line. I would expect it to go up a little more if I would not let my car idle for 20 minutes before I drive it every well, day You now. like a warm vehicle. I, I really it. do. <laughs> I really do. Um, yeah, what about you, Chris? What have you seen? Um, you know, I, the, the mileage, I would say, for my car is staying consistent, but it's colder now, so I am letting the car idle yeah. more. Um, 
my, my girlfriend won't even get in the car unless it's warmed up for 15 minutes. Like it, the TDI it takes forever to warm up, but uh, I mileage wise, you know, staying roughly the same, but I've definitely seen uh, some improvements when it comes to the cold start. Yeah. The, the cold start, that, that really is no joke. I really have been having really good, um, cause I, I <laughs> probably do definitely do need two glow plugs in there. Um, <laughs> probably definitely, <laughs> but yeah, but, but I've, I've noticed it, it, it's definitely not as harsh. It doesn't have that like really rough knock that my my car usually does, even yeah. in the summer when I first start it. Uh, so it it definitely has been operating smoother at idle and getting up to temp quicker. Um, so that's been really nice. Randy, one of the last things I wanted to hit you on is is winter blend. Um, God, Chris, do you remember that that forty five hundred Kodiak that I w- I drove yeah. for a hot minute. Yeah. Um, the tank on that is directly under the bed and and completely exposed. So I, I had parked the truck outside back then. I still do. Um, you left a eighth of a tank. Eighth of a tank in it. Still does. Hundred percent true. My car literally is on an eighth of a tank this moment in the parking lot. Um, it's been. It was. It was <laughs> zero degrees last night. <laughs> yeah. Chuck. Check. Well, I, I wanted to finish the test and I didn't want to fill up before I came in. This is the end of that tank that I ran. <laughs> You're lucky that the thing fuel. started. It took me two weeks to go through a tank of fuel. That's but impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, anyways, uh, that tank is the only tank I ever had gel up because it, it sat outside through a polar vortex. Yeah. I left an eighth of a tank and it, it got to negative 20 with the wind chill. Woke up, truck would go a mile down the road, chug out, stop, yeah. starve itself for fuel. Um, I ran probably way too much diesel 911 which we all know shout out to, to the fact that we've all tried it and had varied results um i tried a bunch of different stuff that i found at the gas station right so like does does fuel additive prevent gelling if you have a high quality additive and then the second part of my question is how the hell do i know what's a high quality additive <laughs> Um, yes, uh, an additive that's formulated uh, for gelling uh, should help. Um, the uh, way that our winter blend is, is done uh, you should have uh, freeze. So there's two things that can happen. One is water in the tank can freeze. Um, once that freezes, uh, probably about the only way to turn that around is to warm the truck back up. Um, the other thing is that uh, the fuel, will, the, the wax and the fuel, the paraffins will start to uh, clump together the colder they get. And standard diesel fuel, uh, if it's not treated, by treated I mean uh, from the uh, from the refinery. The, dis- the distributors in the wintertime are required to treat it for cold weather, um, and there's really no standard for that. So it, it can kind of vary from station to station, and it's going to vary uh, in, uh, from latitude as well. So from north to south, the distributors are going to treat it different because they're they're basically just looking for it not to gel up in their general area. Um, so that's another thing. But the um, uh, waxes uh, will essentially start to clump together. Um, they're to make a bit of an analogy, the wax uh, compounds themselves are formed or well, they have a physical shape that's something like a, a bunch of them are like velcro and when they get when it gets cold enough they start clumping together and so what the additive does is it essentially fills in those um, uh, fills in the velcro so that they can't clump together and it, it, it'll lower the point um, at which 
the gelling will start uh, once the additive is in there and, and working. Uh, so if you blend it right and with a typical uh, base crude, uh, we're down to about 65 low in terms of uh, when that uh, process will, will start. So that should get you through uh, just about anything, at least in the lower 48 here. That's such a cool analogy. Yeah. I actually get that. Okay, so it's like, I think we've all looked at gelling um, and, and kind of understand that, like, your fuel ends up building up like wax, and, and that's what gelling is, right? Like, that's we just call it gel, but it, it's really it's, it's paraffin wax that's already in there. Um, Correct. But I never thought about, like, how that – how those – particles look like under a microscope and it sounds like that's what you're saying like if you were to zoom in on one of those under a microscope it would look like velcro that has all these sticky pieces that want to connect to each other once it starts getting cold and and the the additive actually kind of smooths that out so that they can't connect to each other i love that i actually get that in my head i understand that yep yeah it's a rough analogy uh a chemist might uh cringe at that analogy but (laughs) that's uh if you're a chemist uh, wait, and you're I... listening to our show, <laughs> that's shoot, awesome. Shoot me an email. I want to say thank <laughs> yeah. you. I thought that was a, you know, a way to try to simplify it and get the, the picture across. But yeah. Nice. I so, it. I mean, that I was going to ask a question about that, and it pretty much summed that up. But I was going to ask, does the additive potentially, is it counterproductive to the fuel, depending on what additive there is, right, for the different anti-gelling? But with the way that this was explained, the additive is going to work with pretty much any of the winter prepped fuel, depending on where you're located in the country. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Correct. Whatever prep they've done to it, this will just make it better. It'll enhance it. I love that. Okay, and then second part of the question, we've all been at the truck stop, we've all been at the the gas station, and you're you're like, man, I know my shit's going to gel up tonight if I don't put something in it. How How do I know what's good? That's tough. Uh, <laughs> based on uh, you know, what we've done in terms of looking at what are in all the different uh, competitors, uh, some are, are great at marketing and they've been doing it for decades. You know, they're in every truck stop. And uh, yeah, when we went to test them in some of these areas, they, they were the worst ones. What? Uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's tough. Um, I, I, I can't say that there's a rule of thumb. Uh, to be able to tell uh, good from bad. Um, you almost have to go on other uh, you know, people's experience, uh, to be honest. I, I, I don't know how else to, to distinguish it. That or find people that have uh, you know, done their homework, that means the, uh, the manufacturer, um, which is t- uh, tough to say, too, because some of them are very big uh, branding companies. Uh, so you could assume, okay, yeah, well, they've been around forever. Must must have done their homework. Uh, but in reality, that those were some of the poorest uh, performing ones that we tested. You know, and I kind of get that because if you really pull back and you think about how technology works, and and so often when we think about technology, I think about the two guys in the room both looking at their cell phones. Um, But but chemistry, I think, has that as well, and that's something that you had kind of alluded to at the top of the show is is when Exergy was, was developing this formula, uh, you guys were, were bringing in elements that were brand new that had never been used before in anybody's additive. But if you think about the, the, the brand that's been out for 30 years or, or whatever, you know, pick a number, how often are they going in and doing the testing and spending three to five years of developing a new formula as opposed to just saying, we already own this market, people already recognize our name, keep buying the stuff we've been selling you for years. Right. 
and and never really you know as a consumer i think you do you got to pull back and you got to step back and you got to think about like what is best for my truck not what is most popular on the shelf right yeah so for starters just so we're on the same page I'm going through the show notes from this <laughs> you know, because my eyes you know nobody, looking at You know, fire. nobody at no, home would have known if I was telling the truth or not if you would have yeah. just got up and told me, what are you talking about? You're crazy, Paul. Like, you, you totally could have played that you off. You are, but so I'm looking at that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Randy, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show today. I'm sure there's something that you that I should have asked that, that we haven't. Uh, were there any other topics or pointers that you want to kind of cover at this time? Just, just a couple of... Uh, one, the uh, winter formula is the same formula as our summer blend. It just has uh, additives that address things needed in cold weather. In other words, all the improvements, all the benefits of the summer are in the winter. Um, there's products out there that are formulated just for winter. Um, this is not one of those. Um, just, th- I think that's a, a big thing we want to make sure everybody understands. Um, the next it goes a little bit along with the conversation we just had in regard to uh, some of the branding and marketing. Uh, check out, uh, or if you get time, do the math on what you're actually uh, paying to treat one tank of fuel. Uh, you might be surprised uh, at uh, some of the major brands, um, what they cost to treat a tank of fuel versus uh, you know, the treat ratio that ours is at. Uh, We've done we've done the comparisons obviously to uh, set the pricing and um, uh, I was shocked I guess that's what I'm trying to say at, at uh, what some additives were getting uh, to treat one tank so another heads up there's a big there's a big difference there I don't understand I buy the bottle I pour it in the tank well there's ratios to I'm how many gallons Paul yes Chris All right <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes I don't understand you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I get it. You sound like my wife. Um, okay. Okay. Those are both really good points because I certainly, I certainly was would not plan on on standing in the in the gas station and going, "What's the cost per tank?" No, like, I would how look many, at the bo- the cost of the, the bottle. bottle cost, yeah, cost yeah. right. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll buy this one. Like yeah. that. That's that's as far as I would have thought it. That's a good heads up, man. That, well, now that's I'm good consumer advice. I'm thinking about that more in when you look at the cost per tank. And if there's more, right, that you have to add from a competitor or a third party, right? Yeah. How much more filler are you essentially putting in the tank and they're just relying on their marketing and their their presence in the industry? I I think we're just going to let that question hang. I I think we, that's a good question. Randy, hey man, we appreciate you taking so much time with our listeners today. Who do you want to give a shout out to? Um... Mainly, I guess, uh, uh, the guys internally here. Uh, it's not like we had the whole company working on it, but it did take a lot longer than uh, we thought uh, to bring this to market. And uh, there was a lot of patience uh, that uh, was tried as we uh, tried to get to that point. So uh, thanks to them in regard to the topic uh, today. And then uh, our basically our loyal customers over the years. Uh, you probably can tell we're not... Uh, focused on marketing too heavily here at Exergy. We mainly rely on word of mouth and uh, the quality of our product to sell itself. And uh, over the years, uh, the industry has been very good to us and want to say thank you for that. 
That's awesome, man. Randy, I want to say thank you again for for taking your time out and talking with our listeners and educating uh, Chris and I a little bit on this fuel additive topic. I think we're really excited. Uh, Chris, we already mentioned we've been running the additive now. I think I'm all the way through a tank of fuel. I think you're about halfway, three quarters. Halfway through. Um, We're going to keep running it, man. That's what I can tell our listeners, guys, is is I've tried it. Uh, The results are there. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, so if you're looking for it, they can actually, Chris, they can follow up with you yeah. if you want to get yourself, been, your hands uh, on some extra G additive. Been starting uh, to move through some uh, some cases and some bigger bottles and stuff. So, you know, listeners, if you have any questions, give me an e- send me an email, cmkey at duramaxtuner.com or call over at the shop, 815-568-7920, extension 2121. Awesome. And Randy, if they want to find out more about you or follow along with extra G performance, how can our listeners get a hold of you? At this time, it's probably best to call direct with any questions you have. Uh, we're going to try to improve our uh, social media presence, uh, also what we have out on the web. Uh, at the moment, though, if you have specific questions, uh, best to call our uh, performance line, uh, 616-551-4330. Excellent. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. and Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. I know all the words you used, Chris, but I don't know if I have a great handle on what all those things actually are in the real world.